We all know that starting to save early for retirement is best. The fact is, most of us don't. And suddenly we're looking at 50 years old and beginning to wonder, is it too late? Good news, it's not, but it will take discipline and meticulous planning to make it happen. On today's show, we're going to give you some tips to help you put together your Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve's a best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's been helping folks get to and through retirement for more than 20 years. He is a fiduciary. He is independent and a proud dog owner. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, how is Hopefully the dog? my dog will be nice and quiet during yeah. the, uh, <laughs> oh, the that's, show. It's always nice to have a guest, right? Yeah, exactly. So we have a, a studio guest, a special studio guest today uh, as we get ready for the holidays. Oh, that sounds fun. The yeah. um, So, you know, here's what you you, know, you mentioned that, too, is that I think we all have that moment of, of realization when, yeah, you're 50 years old or so and you think, oh, wow, my uh, working career is uh, more done than not. Um, this retirement thing's going to happen. We got to get it together. So, I mean, what do we do? How do we even begin, Steve? Well, it's smart to work with an advisor who specializes in retirement distribution planning. And so planning for distribution in retirement or planning to spend your money is a completely different skill set than saving for retirement. Now, when you're saving for retirement, you could do it yourself. A lot of, And a lot of people out there, I'm sure, listening to the show have done it themselves at either Vanguard or Fidelity. Or- the reason you can do it yourself is because you're earning money, you're not withdrawing from it. And even when you make a mistake, if you give it enough time, it eventually comes back up unless you bought something that went bankrupt. Uh, but for the most part, you can kind of absolve yourself of those investment decisions because eventually they'll come back up. When you're in retirement, you don't have a chance to make more money most of the time. You can't go out and really borrow money because a lot of times banks aren't going to lend to you even if you have a solid credit score because you don't have any income coming in. And you're withdrawing from your money so you don't necessarily have time to even make back market losses because if you're withdrawing from the money and you don't have three years to sit on a stock portfolio, then you know it becomes critical to align your assets in such a way to where you can make good decisions with your money even even though you don't have the ability to make more of it. And so that's what working with an advisor who's who knows the ins and outs of that will will really help you. And again, those are the kinds of things that that you do day in day out and and uh, it it is it does make sense to work with an advisor and you know, I think if we're if we're a little late in getting started on saving for retirement, I think the inclination is to say, well, I want to risk it all. And uh, that isn't necessarily the best way to go, is it? Yeah, no. Well, and you have to also know your personality, right? So I sometimes I get these clients that say, yeah, yeah, I have an aggressive goal. And I I know I'm late to, you know, maybe they had kids that were going to college and they're late to the savings game. And they say, you know what, I'm going to put it all in the stock market. And that's great if you can stay disciplined in putting the money into the stock market and not panicking. What happens too often and we saw this a lot in March of last year when the market went down uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, is that people will start to plug money into, say, their stock fund in their 401k. And then the second they have a little bit of a scare, there's, for lack of a better term, we'll say an oh shoot factor. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so 
meaning when when it goes down by a certain amount, they say, you know what, I get me out. I can't afford to lose anymore. Instead of just saying, you know what, this is not money I'm touching tomorrow. I'm I'm investing in this strategy and I'm investing more aggressively because it's this is my longer term money and sticking and staying the course. The reason people don't stay the course is because they get scared and they start to think about all the things that they can no longer buy because their account value uh, went down. And so that's where working with an advisor will help you kind of stay on track and help you stay disciplined. And that's that's really important. And it's also, we talk a lot about the, in choosing an advisor, we talk, you know, I have a whole chapter on this in the in, in my book, but um, we talk about the track method in the, you know, TRAK, the thoroughness, responsiveness, accuracy, and knowledge. Well, when you're working with an advisor in a down market, responsiveness is key. So you want to work with someone who's actually responding to your emails, getting back to you before you panic and, and make a wrong decision, right? Um, if, if something's bothering you on, you know, say we have a big drop on a Friday and something's bothering you or eating at you over the weekend, you want to have someone who's actually going to respond to your concern on the weekend so you don't go in Monday morning and sell out of everything unnecessarily. And so um, that's really important when you're looking at an advisor. Um, if if every time you call your advisor, you're getting an answering machine or you're getting his assistant or her assistant and you're not, you're not, they're not getting back to you in a timely manner, then that's probably not the right type of advisor. Um, and when you respond, when you send them an email, if they don't respond in an email, if they're always calling you, that means that they, they're not confident in what they're, they're telling you, because if they were confident, they would respond to your email and put it in writing. So, um, so these are little things that you should look for and and kind of analyze your own situation and your own dealings with your advisor if you have one already. If you don't have an advisor, remember the the 800 numbers of like the Fidelities and the Vanguards of the world. Those people aren't going to give you advice. If you tell them I'm I want to sell, they're just an order taker. They're going to sell. They're not going to advise you and say, "Hey, wait, maybe you're panicking. Um, have you thought about how this fits into your long-term plan?" And so that's why really working with an advisor makes a lot of sense because it could make sense if you have an aggressive goal to go a little bit heavier on risk, but you have to have someone who's going to talk you off the ledge when the risk gets, when the going gets tough. Sure. So Steve, would you recommend, you know, interviewing a couple different advisors before you sort of find the right one? Yeah. And I think you're going to know from, you know, one or two meetings with an advisor whether or not that person is a, is a right fit for you. Because you'll know from just the, the initial fact-gathering meeting and whatever the initial output that they give you. So most advisors will put together some type of a, a plan for you. And before you've even become a client, that's you know similar to what we offer our listeners every, every week. Um, so there's going to be a fact-gathering call and a, some type of a report that will usually be generated. You can usually tell from those two meetings how thorough the advisor is. Um, if in, just in the process of dealing with them and asking questions during the, that two-meeting process, you know, in between meetings and stuff like that, you can also kind of gauge how responsive they are. And so, and you should also be able to gauge how knowledgeable they are. Now, you hope they're going to be accurate about the products that they're explaining to you. But you can also verify that by reading the material from whatever uh, products that they're recommending. So, but those are, that's, you definitely want to 
go to one one or more advisors so you can see a different, you know, because every advisor has their own kind of style. And so, but you'll know, you'll typically know. It's sort of like when you're buying a house, you might look at six, five or six houses, but you walk into one of them and you say, oh my, this is it. This Because you can see yourself living there. Sure. You want to be able to say, all right, this is someone I could see myself having a relationship with for the next 20 years of my life because, you know, 20, potentially 30 years of my life in retirement. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, we give our listeners every week an opportunity to to have that interview with us. And uh, we will put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan that's going to show you where you are today, how close you are to, to being where you want to be. And um, if you're if you already are where you need to be, how much above that you are. So. Um, it really gives you a lot of peace of mind. And folks, you can call Steve right now, 800-705-9995. Sit down, get that financial roadmap put together, have that conversation, see if it's a good fit. It's a chance for you to get a true practical financial review, and it starts with that call, 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. 800 800- 705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we come back, we're going to discuss return on investment. And in some cases, it doesn't involve money. We'll be right back. Back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show that we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. Uh, you are a sought-after speaker. You teach other advisors on how to do this stuff, Steve. So, And again, the fact that you're willing to share it with us, that's even better. Yeah, no, I, I love I love teaching. I love the education aspect of it. And a lot of my workshops and things that I host when I'm, I'm either training advisors or when I'm dealing with just regular good old fashioned uh, investors off the street. I like the people who are kind of do it yourselves and want to learn how to how to do it themselves and, and kind of learn more about the topic because um, it just makes it more engaging to teach the class when when people are invested in the topic. Sure. 800-705-9995. That's the number you can call. So we're talking about ROI, return on investment. And we're going to kind of turn the tables on this in, in that we all know what that means is return on our investment. We spend money, we invest money, we expect to get that money back and then some. But here's a twist. Expenses as a return on investment. How does that work, Steve? Yeah. So even an expense can be viewed as an as an investment if that expense saves money in other ways. So um, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, my brother-in-law just put solar panels all over. He has a detached garage. So okay. he put all over the roof of his garage. It generates enough energy for him to pay nothing to cool his house for the entire year. Um, and then he actually gets credits that he can uh, get some money back at the end of the year. So um you know things like like solar panels, but also just properly insulating your home, um, having energy saver type appliances can lower your power bills. So uh, you know, obviously, electric vehicles save you on gas. So these are all things that you know are not out of the reach of most people, and it's just it's just smart. And then the other thing is periodically reviewing some of your expenses. We live in a, we live in a world now where it's very easy to subscribe to things and we don't always do an inventory of the things that we're subscribed to and say, 
how much, how, how often am I really using this? And so I'll give you a, a perfect example in my own, my own life of that. So I, I was paying some outrageous amount for a serious XM in my, my car. And I, I listen to it occasionally when I'm in the car, but there's only like one or two stations that I listen to. And I'm fine with the, the regular terrestrial radio most sure. of the time anyway. And I, I think I had got it when I first got the car and it was like free for 12 months. And then I just kept it. But then I looked and they were billing me like more than a power bill every month for, for satellite radio. And I, I said, this is crazy. And I dropped it. And so this, this happens a lot of times where we sign up for something because they give us, you know, three months free. Or oh, whatnot, yeah. and we don't always go, we don't always go back and cancel it. So, um, you know, if you're monitoring this stuff and we talk about this all the time, if you're monitoring your, your, your finances and when you're monitoring what you're spending, then you make better decisions. Well, absolutely. And, and you talk about the subscriptions. I think right now a lot of us are guilty of, of uh, streaming services out there for, you know, everything and their brother. <laughs> you know, you can, get a, you can get a streaming channel and all of a sudden it's only three bucks here and four bucks there, but that all adds up. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's, uh, a lot of times they'll, they'll be free for like a year and then you'll get hooked on a show. Exactly. So like I, I know we got Apple TV for free for a year and, and, and uh, you know, we watch Ted Lasso all the time. So, um, you know, now it now it's become like an extra expense, and that's what they're hoping for, right? Of but then you have to is. kind of monitor. <laughs> do you do you really do you really need to also have Hulu and and, and and you know Netflix and well Amazon Prime I can't live without, but right. <laughs> the, 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 you well, know there 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 are certain things that uh, you know you can kind of cut back on because sure. you're, you're you're doing too much of them. Well, that's like a gym membership. If you don't go and you're still paying it, why? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. And, and, and the gyms and the gym owners love that. No. And, and especially during the pandemic, if a, a lot of these gyms won't even let you in if you're not vaccinated. So right. um, I had a client just this uh, this past week that was in and um, she was saying, you know, she just realized that she had been paying for the past two years for her gym and she hasn't even gone because of the pandemic. And now is she um, hasn't gotten vaccinated yet. So she can't even go. And yeah. so, so that's like, one of those things when you're looking at your expenses, you can say, hey, look, um, this is probably an unnecessary expense. So if you're if you're if you're monitoring it again, you make much better decisions. Of course. So we're talking about return on investment here. And, and let's just kind of zoom through a couple of these things we talk about. You know, we talked about uh, time as a return on investment and that I mean, that, that breaks down into, you know, like different stages of retirement. And we have to get that return based on on that time in our life, right? Right, exactly. So um, when you're looking at time, you want to know we when we do a plan and when when we look at any kind of financial or investment decision, we want to we want to know the time of when the money is going to be used. So when we talk about planning or allocating based on your goals, what we mean is that we're we're segmenting your assets based on time, meaning different buckets are going to return differently because of the time frame that that money is going to be invested. So money that you need in the next year, it's unreasonable to think that you're going to get a 7 or 8% return on it because that's money that you have to keep safe if it's going to be spent in the next year. Now, you could you could take a chance with it and invest it in the market, but then you have to be comfortable losing 15, 20, 30% of that money right. cuz the market the markets are volatile on a one-year basis, very volatile. Um, now, if it's 
money that's going to be three years or five years, the longer out you go, the less volatile the stock market is because even though it goes down for periods in the short run, it tends to come back up. So it's about allocating based on when the money is going to be spent. And that's uh, that again, th th those are the kinds of things that you go over with people when you sit down and you start to put that plan together. Um, you know, what, where, when and where do you need this money? So basically, when it comes to our retirement dollars, purpose determines placement. Exactly. Purpose determines placement. And then also, one of the things that we talk about with time is when do you want to retire? And again, I was having this, I, I have this discussion, I feel like multiple times a week. So Sometimes someone will come to me and say, well, I, I could work till 67, right? And they might be 62 now. And I'll ask, my follow-up question will be, do you, do you enjoy your work, right? Because there's a benefit to those extra years of retirement. Let's say you're going to live to 90, right? And if we've all known people who are in their 80s and 90s, you tend to do a lot less traveling and a lot less moving around once you get to your early 80s. It's just... Just human nature the way right? it is so it's just the way it is so there's a value to those years between 62 and 67 in terms of doing the things that you want to do the aspirational stuff that you want to do in retirement and so if you already have enough money to retire and you're working just to work then that you have to kind of balance that and, and say is that worth it because um you're missing out on five potentially healthy good years of retirement by working those extra five years. And so, yes, you're going to have potentially a bigger income that you'll be able to spend, but you're going to have less time to spend it. So, and these are the types of things that we look at when we put together a financial plan. And we do that for free every week for our listeners. And we still have about nine spots left. Hey, that sounds great, folks. Here it is. Don't miss the opportunity to sit down with Steve and, and put together that financial roadmap. It can get tricky. It can be complicated. Steve understands that. He can smooth it out, make it clear for you. It's an excellent chance for you to get a practical financial review, and it starts with a call, 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be, 800 705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. The market continues to show signs of volatility. Don't slam on the brakes or your retirement could get rear-ended. Strategies to weather the ups and downs of the jittery market next. We're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. We blow the whistle on financial fouls here each and every week. Steve, of course, a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Uh, he's a fiduciary, independent, uh, been doing this a good long while, Steve. And, uh, you know, obviously, you're, you're pretty passionate about what you do, and, and you love what you do. I do, and I've been doing it now for 23 years. I'm coming up on 24 in uh, January. So that's uh, a long time to be doing it, but I, I, I love it and I don't have any, any desire to stop doing it anytime soon. So I mean, again, I know a bunch of financial advisors all over the country and they all say the same thing. I'm never going to retire. I just love what I do too much and I like helping people. No, and that's, it, it is. And one of my, one of my clients was asking me about that issue. She was saying, well, when are you, what about you? Are you ever going to retire? And I said, I don't know that I would ever retire. I said, I might slow down. <laughs> right. at some point. Right. Um, but 
you know, it, it, it's not necessarily, I, I, I don't really view it as work because I, I really love what I do. Yeah, absolutely. 800-705-9995. That's your number, folks. It can get you started. So we talked about uh, not getting rear-ended in your retirement uh, because that <laughs> that would never be a good thing. And as we look at that, um, you know, we have to be diversified. And I, and to me, Steve, maybe that word is a little overused. And, and what does it mean to really truly be diversified in our portfolio? Right. And that's what we want to talk about is true diversification. And so we hear all the time, oh, you know, a 60-40 mix, a 70-30 mix. That's, that's an element of diversification, but it's not a plan in and of itself. What, when we say diversified, what we want to do is we want to have the money that is going to be spent at different time intervals invested in the appropriate investments for that particular purpose. So we're going to look at the purpose of the money. And so it's a little bit different than a cookie cutter portfolio, which again, the book called Cookie Cut This, um, I'm not a big fan of cookie cutters, right? So right. Um, you, you have to really base it on your individual spending and what you want your money to do for you. And for a growth piece of your portfolio, it might be it might be advantageous to even have that 100% in stocks. So sometimes someone will look at, at a portfolio and say, "Oh my God, this is super aggressive for your age." Well, how are they how are they determining that, right? Or conversely, you might go into the bank, and the banker might say, "Wow, this is way too conservative. Do you realize we're paying you next to nothing on interest on this uh, on this money? Why don't you talk to our investment rep?" Right. Well, how do they know? How do they know that you're being too conservative? So maybe that money is going to be spent in the next two years. And that, that's perfectly good for you to have that in the bank. So it, you really need to invest with purpose and and allocate based on that. Now, you can have you can have a variety of different assets. There's no such thing as a bad financial product. The reason fin different financial products get a bad rap sometimes is because they get sold incorrectly. But so they're the wrong fit or it's a bad fit, but it's not a bad product. So uh, something like an annuity could be a perfectly good investment for someone who's looking to generate income for the fewest amount of dollars. Um, a structured product could also serve that purpose. Um, you know, some of these bank linked CDs and uh, reverse convertible notes that you might you might buy at some of the uh, larger firms like a, like a Morgan Stanley. Um, those could have a place in your portfolio. The reason some of those products get a bad rap is they tend to get sold for across the board, regardless of what the goal is with the money. And so they end up they end up being sold in the wrong for the wrong reasons. And you know, having a lot of money in say a savings account at a tenth of a percent interest doesn't seem like a great idea, right? But if it's money that you're gonna spend in the next 12 to 18 months, then it, it should be in something like a savings account, even if it's not getting you interest because you can't afford to lose that money if it's going to get spent. And so it's, it's about owning the right amount of the assets that you own. And you can use a variety of different assets. It doesn't just have to be stocks and bonds. We hear so much about stocks and bonds on TV because the big financial firms, that's primarily what they sell. Now, they might sell mutual funds, but those mutual funds are, are nine times out of 10 linked to stocks and bonds. So we don't, we don't hear a lot about the other types of investments that are out there, but there are real estate investments. Um, you could own rental properties and, and get an income stream from that. So the, you, there's not just one, one catch-all investment that's right for everyone. It's 
having the right investments for your situation. And those are the kinds of things that that make so much sense as well. And, and you know, we talk a lot about uh, active and passive investments, and there are room, there's room for both, isn't there? There is room for passive investment as well as uh, active investment. Yeah, absolutely. The active investment, uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan of active investment, but in certain situations, I, I think it has a place. So I think what I see a lot of times is that someone is paying, you know, one and a quarter percent or one and a half percent for someone to manage them large cap stocks. To me, having an active manager who's buying you Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you could just buy a stock index fund um, with Vanguard and pay three one hundredths of a percent, and you're going to own most of those same stocks anyway. But sometimes, like with international companies or Small, small cap companies or sector specifically like, uh, like biotechnology or something like that, uh, the more focused a manager is, the more value in an active strategy there is. Um, so I don't think what we see a lot of times is people are active across the board uh, or passive across the board. And I don't think that that's necessarily the best approach. There's a, there's, there's a space for both. But if you are doing an active manager, you want to make sure you understand the fees and that that manager is actually doing much better than the index and generating you some extra return for those fees that you're that you're that you're paying. Of course. That, well, that makes perfect sense as well. And um, we have to be cautious no matter what. I mean, it's just good to work with an advisor like you who, you know, you keep you, know, you got our back. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So caution is, is definitely key. And so one of the things that, you know, it's kind of buyer beware in the financial services industry, right? So people will say, oh, well, I gave you a prospectus, but how many of us actually read those prospectuses? And so um, you want to you wanna put your trust in an advisor and, and you, you hope that your trust is not misguided. Now, how do you determine whether or not to trust someone? Again, it all goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If someone is, is coming across as thorough if they're responsive to your questions, if they're if you're asking them a question in writing and they're responding in writing in a timely manner, and they're accurate, so you know with the information, so like you, they explain one thing and and everything seems to fit exactly what the, the way they explained it, um, and they seem knowledgeable. That that that's a, a good kind of cornerstone to building that trust. But the other thing where caution is key is you don't want to um, you should have you should have some kind of alarm bells go off if someone is recommending you to put 100% of your money in something so no matter how good something seems like bitcoin or whatnot it's never good to put 100% of your money in it and so you should also use common sense and it, it seems counterintuitive like to say you should use common sense but it unfortunately with our money a lot of times we don't use common sense we we just say oh well they they're making us money so it's okay that I'm paying them two and a quarter percent a year in fees because my statements are going up. Well, your statements would still go up if you were paying a quarter of a percent in fees as opposed to two and a quarter. They would just go up more. And so, um, you know, it's just uh, it, it's easy to to overlook things when when the market is great and the market has been good for the wind has been at our back for ten years and kind of a, a rising tide lifts all ships. So a lot of times people kind of neglect some of the small things that they could address and make their situation better, like fees, um, especially in a good market like the one we've been in. 
Sure. And again, folks, uh, if you want to uh, sit down with Steve, now'd be a great time to give him a call, huh? Yeah, no, we still have about five spots left and we will do a comprehensive uh, financial plan that includes a fee analysis. So we'll show you in dollars what you're paying on your investments currently. And that can be eye-opening because a lot of us, again, don't read the prospectuses and don't look at the percentage fees we're paying per investment. So we'll break that down for you and show you in dollars what you're actually paying every year to manage your money. Hey, that sounds great. Take advantage of it, folks. 800-705-9995. Get that comprehensive financial review and find out where you stand today. And you end up then with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. Call right away, 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. It's that time. You've got questions. I've got answers. That and more right after this. back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And uh, this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve is a fiduciary, independent, uh, 20 plus years experience, and so much more than that. Steve, you're, you're keeping things pretty busy, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're a pretty busy guy usually. Yeah, no, I, 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 I keep a pretty full calendar. And <laughs> so uh, between the radio and I, I do a, um, a television spot every week. So I mean, you know, and then obviously seeing clients, meeting clients, doing this uh, full time. So sure. it, it's it's definitely life's work. Well, and, and it's, it's uh, you know coming into the holidays, so it's nice to maybe take a little bit of a break here in the last the last part of this year. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, if you'd like to see learn more about Steve and what he does, it's laurelws.com. That's laurel l a u r e l w s dot com. That's the website. Check it out. You can learn about Steve, what he does, and how he does things. And uh, in the meantime, let's uh, jump into a few of these questions here while we've got some time. Uh, Maggie's wondering. She says, "I'm 65 years old. I have 1.5 million dollars from divorce proceedings." What should I use to guide the allocation of my assets in my portfolio? Your well-defined goal, Maggie. So we, we talk about this a lot on the show. You need to really think about your retirement. Now, I don't know, you probably might have had a vision of your retirement prior to your divorce that might have changed, or I would assume has changed since the divorce. So um you want to think about the, the activities that you're going to be doing over the next potentially 25, 30 years, and then we can assign a cost to it. Once we know what that's going to cost you, we can look at what you're going to have from, say, Social Security and if you have pension and other income streams, and then we're going to find the, the best way to allocate that million and a half that you got from the divorce, and you know, we'll allocate, we would allocate part of it to growth, part of it to income if you needed income. And uh, you'd always want to probably keep a chunk safe for money that you're going to need uh, kind of in the near term. And so that's, you know, obviously we would make decisions in the context of a plan. So you're asking a general question, but uh, in terms of guiding your asset allocation, it should definitely be your goals and your projected spending. Okay. I like that. Uh, Maggie, if you want to know some more, give us a call. It's 800 800- 705-9995. And uh, Nate is uh, asking, he said, when I retire, I will have a pension, Social Security, 401k, Roth IRA as sources of income. Now, my pension and Social Security will cover most of my living expenses, but not all. Uh, to make up the difference, what account should I be taking that money from? 
Great question, Nate. So it, it really depends. Everyone's situation is unique. So we would look at what the balance is in the 401k and in the Roth IRA. My preference usually is to draw down from the 401k because uh, you mentioned you're going to be retired already. If you spread the 401k out because those distributions are going to be taxable, if you spread it out over a longer number of years, you can mitigate the taxes by staying in a lower bracket. Also, you have tax certainty when you're withdrawing now because you know what the tax brackets are. And believe it or not, the tax brackets are actually low right now by historical standards. We don't know what the tax brackets are going to be 10 years from now. And so the longer you can defer the Roth, we know the more growth it gets and we know every dollar of that growth is going to be tax free. So I'm always, uh, or not always, but most of the time I'm going to be in favor of deferring the Roth and taking from the 401k as needed. Um, but everyone's situation is different. And you also want to look at what you're spending on, right? And so I, I just want to touch on that because obviously we're getting into the holidays um, and people tend to spend a little bit more this week of the year, I would think. <laughs> yeah, so, I think so too. <laughs> um, and so you don't want to, it's great to give gifts and it, it's, you know, it's great to, enjoy the holidays and, and maybe splurge a little bit, but you don't want to splurge at, at the expense of your, your long-term stability. So, um, you know, if you were giving your, maybe you you wanted to, maybe you have a daughter or son that's looking to buy a house, right? And you, you say, Hey, I want to be able to give them 15,000 towards their down payment. And you pull that out of your, your 401k. You want to make sure that that's, that that's not going to impact your ability to have money to live on later in retirement. And so we always use the airplane analogy, you know, secure your own mask first before right. you help others. It's, it's the same thing here. So, um, you know, you really want to make these decisions in the context of a plan, Nate. And so, you, but it sounds like you have the, you have a, a fair amount of good pieces to kind of, uh, distribute, but we want to look at what your lifestyle is actually costing you. And we want to also factor in that you need that money uh, to last you potentially into your 90s. And you have to factor in things like inflation and taxes. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a lot to chew on there, uh, Steve. 800-905-9995. And um, again, if you'd like to learn some more, give us a call. In fact, Steve, why don't uh, we're up against the clock already. Why don't we invite folks to call one last time today? Yeah, so we still have about three spots left. Um, so if you're if you're listening um, and you want to you want to sit down, uh, potentially we can get you on the calendar even as early as as this week. If you want to do it after the holiday season, we can also schedule you then uh, out in January. So um, we do have uh, three spots left. So. Hey, that sounds great. Folks, don't miss this opportunity. It's the last time today we're going to open up the phone lines, invite you to call and get on the calendar with Steve. It's an opportunity to get a true practical financial review. Starts with a call, 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll find you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. 9995. Steve, as always, a pleasure to talk with you. And, and again, great information today. Yeah, no, it's always, always enjoy doing the show every week. It's, it's, it's fun. We'll be back here uh, 
unwrapping Christmas gifts next Sunday evening. Sounds and, good to uh, me. Sounds good yeah. to me. Hey, thanks for maybe, listening. Maybe waiting in line to return some of those unwanted holiday oh, gifts. Oh, right? there That's, you uh, go. I think, I think the 26th is the busiest, the busiest return day of the year. So, I think so, um, too. We'll be back here next Sunday evening, 5 p.m. Thank you for listening, Orlando. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P. Ray.